Welcome to Atmosphere Church. My name is Jim Cruz and I'm the lead pastor. We're a new non-denominational life-giving church located in the Conejo Valley, just west of Los Angeles. Let me just say on behalf of all of us here at Atmosphere, thank you for downloading or streaming this service. We pray that it'll touch your heart and change your life. In addition to bringing you today's service, we wanna make ourselves available to you in any way we can. Please leave a comment if you need prayer or if you wanna speak with one of our leaders in any struggle that you may be facing right now, we will be sure to respond to anything you need in your life. Here at Atmosphere, we believe that we should never forsake the gathering together with other believers. Don't use this recorded service as your church experience. Get involved in the local church to the extent that the people there know you by name. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be a part of our community. For more information about our church, go to our official webpage at atmosphere.church. Finally, there's a lot of man hours that are put behind making services and resources like this available that are meant to help you grow and develop as a disciple of Jesus Christ. So if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you and really for others who are also desiring to grow in their faith. To make a financial donation, simply click on the link on our site that says donate and your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Remember, when you give to Atmosphere Church, you're actually giving through Atmosphere to change lives in our church in our city and literally around the world. We've already prayed for you that today's message would speak directly to your heart and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. Enjoy the service. As some of you don't know this, but we're an extension campus to a great, life-giving, thriving church in Bakersfield who also has multi-site campuses in Bakersfield and also in Vegas where I was leading a church from. And uh, Pastor Ron, uh, Pastor Ron Vietti, has been my spiritual father since 1990, all right? I've been attending Valley Bible, but he's also Tara's biological dad, so he's my father-in-law. And uh, we've been working together for years. Uh, I started in ministry as an intern uh, at Valley Bible, and, and he has really helped groom me and raise me up to be a man of God. I, I just think this guy has an, a, not just a gift of communication, but an ability to really move in the spirit. And so I really believe that today when you leave this place, you will know that you had a divine encounter with the spirit of God. And so would you welcome with me Pastor Ron Vietti. He's used to moving around. I told him our stage isn't that big. So Good morning. I'm going to take my jacket off and I'm so proud of it because somebody here gave it to me. Patagonia, no less. <laughs> and I'll take it off now. Y'all doing good? We've been praying for you guys a lot and all the stuff that you've went through. Just, thank you, just crazy. And uh, just feel really bad for you guys. But you made it through it. And I look at this church today, I'm so proud. This is a good start. 
I'm so proud that all of my kids and grandkids are all involved in ministry, all of them. Uh, we just got through the holiday season, and uh, most of the time on holiday season, you get a minister to non-believers. We don't have any. <laughs> They're all spirit-filled. So I get no respect. A friend of mine just texted me. He's 85 years old. He said, would you pray for my friend's peeing? He went 30 times last night. That, that's what I get on Sunday morning. I said, you got to be kidding me. And I, no joke, you didn't hear this, but I said, what's his name? And I guess he was joking with me, and he put Jim Cruz. That's what he sent me. Oh. A bunch of guys, a group of guys were turning 40, and they discussed where to meet for lunch, and they went, Weatherspoons, Uxbridge. They said, why? So the waitresses are built real good and they wear short skirts. Ten years later, this same group of guys turned 50. And they again asked, where should we meet for lunch? They said, Weatherspoons, Uxbridge. Why? Because the waitresses are attractive, the food and service is good, and the beer is excellent. Ten years later, it turned 60. Where do we meet at? Let's meet at Uxbridge, Weatherspoons. Why? Plenty of parking. You can dine in peace without a lot of loud music. And the food is inexpensive, yet good. Ten years later, they turned 70. Okay, guys, where we're going to meet at? Uxbridge, Weatherspoons. Why? The restaurant has wheelchair accessibility, <laughs> and they have toilets for dis disabled. 80, ten years later, where do we meet for lunch? They said, let's meet at Weatherspoons, Uxbridge. Why? Because we've never been there before. <laughs> That's the way it goes. I'm starting to experience it. We used to laugh and joke, you know, say, you know, when you get older and you fall down the ground, you look around and say, is there anything else I can do while I'm down here? Well, that's true. That's very true. Father God, you gave me a word. I know you gave it to me. Now open our ears. Let us hear what you're going to say. In Jesus' name, amen. I've always said there's three kinds of preachers. There's the young guys who try to please everyone. There's the older guys who, you know, are, let me phrase that again. There's the younger guys who don't know any better. There's the middle-aged preachers that try to please everyone. And there's the older guys who just don't give a hoot. That's me. <laughs> just going to say what's on my heart. Years ago, I used to work on my sermon. And I remember when I was younger, crying at night because I didn't have anything to give, and I'd set up all night, wouldn't sleep. Now, rarely, God doesn't give me my sermon until Sunday morning. I sleep like a baby because of his faithfulness. I didn't know what I was going to preach last night, and I woke up this morning, and I knew exactly. I want to talk to you about being normal. Being normal. Let me give you a definition of what normal is. It's conforming to a standard, usual, typical, expected, and average. Now that you become a believer, your normal isn't anything like the people out there is normal. And if it is, you're probably a carnal Christian. A carnal Christian is someone who only operates on one level. Now, I've said this phrase forever. For most people to know normal, you have to see normal. See, sometimes... 
we adjust to the way we think life should be, and we go, that's normal. But it's not normal. You think your life's normal, and then you're around some real godly people, and you go, oh my goodness, my life is not like that. You yell at the kids, and you get drunk occasionally, you have movie channels on, you fight with your spouse, you never pray at first response, you never do any of that, and you think that's normal. No, that's not normal. Not normal. When I started serving God 40-some years ago, I started serving Him in a real abnormal way. And the kind of Christianity I'm going to explain to you today is the only kind of Christianity I know. Look at Romans 12.1, New Living Translation. It says, also, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. Here's what's normal to me. Normal, if I'm in the gym and someone has a problem, I will say to them, will it embarrass you if I pray with you right here? And I'll pray with them right in the middle of the gym. I walk in the mall sometimes to exercise in the morning, and I'm praying, talking to myself. It looks like I'm talking to myself, but I'm praying as I'm walking. Uh, I read the Bible in hotel foyers. I read the Bible on an airplane. I take the Bible to the doctor's office. I'm not ashamed of it. I don't do it for show. I do it when I'm studying. If I haven't done my devotion in the morning, I take it and I whip it out. Uh, I tell strangers they need God occasionally. I told you, I told you last time, I don't remember what I told you last time. I have so many God stories. We're writing a book now on God stories. But I was in the gym not too long ago, and I saw this guy working out. He had the teardrop tatted out. He had, you know, he was Hispanic, looked like gangster guy. He had socks way up here, throwing weights around. And, and I'm doing my workout. And this happens to me quite often. And I'll sit here and I'll look at him and I'll say, God, do you want to say anything to him? And I feel like God said, yeah, you want to say something? I'll do. And I thought, no, it's not God. And I'll try to work out and I'll hear it again and I'll look at him. No, it's not God. See, that's my style. No, it says, oh, man. I went over this guy and I said, hi, my name's Ron Vietti. I know you don't know me from Adam, but I just want to tell you something. God really wants you in his kingdom. He told me to tell you that. What? Who? I said, God. I went back to my workout. Never saw the guy again for a while anyway. About a year later, we had a man cave, and this guy stands up to give a testimony. He said, hey, Pastor Ron, remember me? I said, yeah, you're the guy in the gym. My name is Cecil. He, said, he gave the story. He said, I was in the gym working out, and pastor was staring at me, staring at me. I thought he was gay. Then he comes over and tells me I need God. And he said, I told my wife that. Can you believe that? My wife said, you do need God. I started going to church, and I'm born again now. I walk in the Spirit. Mulahe, we used to go down Mulahe all the time, and man, what God stories. I mean, these God stories I'm telling you right here, I have, we listed over a hundred of these. See, in the New Testament church, the book of Acts, it says that the people were always in a spirit of awe, right? Awe. They're swapping God stories. They go, oh, that happened to you? Awe. Guess what happened to me this week? Awe. See, they had a spirit of awe. But we, we were down in uh, Mulahe uh, a few years ago, and uh, we were taking these video cassette recorders and, and putting them in certain villages down there, and then we were sending down cassettes of our sermons interpreted in Spanish. And we had handed all these out, and we went to one village, and uh, I said, let's get another cassette recorder. We have to have one here. I mean, th this is a real necessity. They said, Pastor Ron, we've given them all out. I said, no way. They said, I said, no way. They said, yeah. 
I said, we're just going to have to pray for another one because we have to have one here. I'm not going home without it. And so lo and behold, I, I asked the people in Spanish, I had an interpreter, and, and I said, where can we find a video cassette recorder here? And they go, oh, no, 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 mulahe, no, no, no cassette recorders. I said, well, well, let's pray right now. If God said we need one, then there's one here somewhere. So anyway, we went downtown to look for a video cassette recorder, although everyone had told me they didn't exist. You wouldn't find one in Mulay. And so we're driving downtown. It was on a Saturday morning. We couldn't find a parking place, so I had a walkie-talkie. There was three cars, and I prayed, and I said, right now, Lord God, you know where a video cassette recorder is in Mulay, and I need you to lead it to us because we have to have one. And if there isn't one, produce it. In Jesus' name, amen. I said, oh, by the way, P.S., Lord, you know where they're at, so give us a parking place right where they're at. Amen. See, I, I have that kind of childlike faith. So we drove around, drove around, finally couldn't find a parking place. So I said, Pastor Ron, somebody's pulling out of the grocery store. So I pulled in the grocery store and got out, and I said, well, let's go look for a video cassette recorder. I forgot what I prayed. We went all up and down the streets. We were soaking wet, sweat. We looked at all the hardware places, every place we could think of. No, no, no video cassette recorders in Mula. Hey, no, 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 no. So I come back to the car, I was discouraged. I said, man, I just knew God would come through. See, I'm different than some of you. When God doesn't come through sometimes, I'm really perplexed. Some of you are perplexed when he does come through. That's not me. And I go, I just knew God's going to ask. We got in the car and someone said, Pastor Ron, what did you pray? That you'd get a parking place in front of wherever there's a cassette recorder. I said, but this is a grocery store. Okay, let's go in. I went in, the clerk was there. I said, hey, you need video cassette recorders. Oh, no, 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 groceries, grocery, grocery store. No, 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 no. All right. Walked around, someone said, Pastor Ron, come back in the toy section. Brand new video cassette recorder. Hadn't even been taken out of the box. I picked it up and went up to the register. I said, how much? I said, well, where'd you get that? No, no, where'd you get that? I don't know how much. You say, okay, it could have been logical. Maybe somebody you gave it to in another village turned it in. That's logical. But is it logical that I got the parking place right in front of a place I never would have went? Is that logical? That's a God story, my friend. Another one, we were in Mulahay and we were going down to build two houses. And uh, it's a pretty big community. We're driving around and we said, man, we got to build our, our last house. And it's got to be the right place, guys. So there's like five of us caravanning. We're driving around. We're praying, God, leads the right place, leads the right place. And all of a sudden, we pass this little house made out of, you know, just, uh, it's made out of uh, just wood and board and plywood. And I go, wait, stop, stop. Does anybody have a witness of the Holy Spirit that we're supposed to build a house here? Was anybody? And two cars back. Yes, Pastor Ron, I was thinking the same thing. This is the one. I said, let's do it. We got out, pulled over, and when there was a teenage kid there, and we said, hey, we're going to build you a house. Where's your parents at? They're working. And well, we're going to build you a house. So he handed us a baby. He was babysitting and took off toward town. We didn't know where he was going. He was gone for a long time. He said, what do we do? I said, build the house. Build it. So we built this nice little house next to it out of plywood, you know, a little bitty thing, but it was really nice for, for the culture down there. We built it, and while we're building, there's this Hispanic guy over here leaning on a shovel, staring at us. And finally, somebody went over and said, how are you doing? He said, I got to ask you a question. Why are you building this lady a house? We've been telling her for years, you need a new house, you need a new house, you need a new house. This house is unacceptable, you need a new house. And you know what she told us for years? She says, no, God said he would build it for me. And the guy's, why are you building it? I said, God told us to build it for her. He was blown away. See, that's normal for me. You say you live that way. I've lived that way all my life. I don't know any other kind of Christianity. 
I'm not saying that to make you feel bad about the way you're living. I'm not saying it for condemnation. I'm just saying that's the way I've lived. See, I might have told you last time I was here because every year I get this Raymond, I just stick on it for like a whole year. Listen to me closely. This might be worth your coming right here. When you live by faith, you will do things you would not normally do to get things you would not normally have. God woke me up with that a year ago, about three in the morning. Listen to it again. When you walk by faith, you will do things you would not normally do to get things you would not normally get. We have a church of over 1,000 in Vegas today. I go there one week a month. That was birthed out of sheer faith. We would have never had that. There's so many things in my life that I can point to and say, see that right there? I would not have that if I had not done something in faith. That's a pretty sober statement. I'm trying to walk in integrity. Let me give you a working definition of integrity. Integrity means there's not more than one of you. The same you at church is the same you at a party. The same you at church is the same you at work. If I pray boldly here, I'll pray boldly at work. If I'll read my Bible here, I'll read my Bible at work. See, gang, again, most Christians in America are carnal Christians. Carnal Christians only live at one level. Spiritual Christians don't. Spiritual Christians, what are they? They believe in the Spirit. Now, Jesus came to change our perspective of normal. And what's normal to us should not look anything like what's normal to our neighbors. Not even close. Look at 1 Peter 2 and 9. It says, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are a peculiar people. Hmm. That you should show forth the praises of him who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous, magnificent light. Most of you, not all of you, probably most of you have not heard, I always play with something else God gave me three in the morning, that Christians, when they're born, they're all like a blue ball of clay. They're all born in sin. Holy Spirit's a red ball of clay. When you ask to be born again, the red comes down and joins the blue and starts being meshed together until eventually you become a purple ball of clay. The old man is dead. The blue doesn't live anymore. And as you live for God, it gets meshed more and more, and pretty soon you can't separate the two. That's when you become eternally secure. People say, eternally secure. Some people say you lose your salvation. Some say, you know, you can't. What do you? It's in the middle. I'm in the middle of both of them. At some point in sanctification, you become eternally secure. At some point, we don't know exactly where. Then even to add to our, 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 our weirdness, not just because we're Christians, we're weird, but within the Christian family, we're weird because we have different personality traits. I believe in the personality traits a whole lot. It has to do with your blood. I still believe in them. For example, if I took an Ambien today, would that affect the way I preached? What if I took 400 milligrams of caffeine? Would that affect the way I preached? Yes, we'd be here at two in the afternoon still going. <laughs> the blood types, I believe in this. Although some people say it isn't true, I, I do. We use the, 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 the animal characteristics for the personality traits. There's the otters. Otters are people who just like to have fun. Party hardy. I mean, you know, I'm going to school and there's a final tomorrow, but today's Sunday and I'm going to the beach. And then you got the, the beaver, who, oh, man, this person's so organized. If you went to a beaver's, beaver's house today, all of his shoes are in the right place, summer clothes here, winter clothes here. 
And then you have the lion always barking out orders. <sighs> Tough person to live with. And you've got the golden retriever, and it's, where do you want to go eat today? I don't care. Wherever you want to go. You know those people. Well, today, the otter, you know what? He couldn't find his clothes this morning. He was almost late for church because he was checking out the NFL schedule, playing a video game. Whereas the beaver, man, he had his clothes laid out last night. She knew what she was going to wear last night. She had them laid out. The beaver men, I mean, they got gas in the car. All their colors match. They're ready 30 minutes early. The otter's scrambling to find his clothes and find his keys as he's going out the door. And then the lion was barking at everybody this morning. Is there gas in the car? Why don't we have oatmeal this morning? I have eggs every morning. And you know, you know who that person is. And the golden retriever is over there eating their oatmeal, just humming away, going, whatever. <laughs> whatever. See, we must find our God normal and live in it. Jim and I were in Austin, Texas. Uh, I'm an elder in a church back there. And we were back there this last summer. And if you know anything about Austin, now Portland has copied it in Louisville too, but Austin was the originator of the phrase, keep Austin weird. They got it plastered all over the town. Keep Austin weird. They're proud of that slogan. Well, you know what? I think the church needs that same slogan, keep us weird in a good way. We're a peculiar people. See, when we lose our weirdness, we lose our power. Do you understand that? I'm an old guy. I'm not trying to impress anybody. I just am who I am. Martin Lloyd-Jones wrote this. I thought it was really interesting. He said, the glory of the gospel is that when the church is absolutely different from the world, she invariably attracts it. I mean, I, I just don't, we're supposed to be weird. Now, in our time remaining, because I got about 10, 15 minutes left, sit, I want to real briefly look at six countercultural things the church should hold fast to, and we'll use Jesus as our model. I'm going to go through these quickly. I got a new thing now. I don't like to preach over 30, 35 minutes. I like to really get to the nitty-gritty and out of here. Uh, so let's look at the first one. Jesus modeled this for us. If we want to stay weird, we need to follow the Spirit's guidance. Now, I've already talked about that some, but that's going to make you strange. Do you understand that? Look at Romans 8.14. Romans 8.14, I hope I gave that to you. Only those people who are led by God's Spirit are his children. See, you don't have to be taught how to walk in the Spirit. See, I don't have to teach you how to walk in the Spirit any more than I would have to teach a drunk person how to do stupid things. They're going to do stupid things because they're drunk. And when I get drunk in God's Spirit, I just do things that are really out of the ordinary. I always say living for God's connecting dots. It is so simple to live for God, but so exciting. Remember when we were little, we used to have those dots, and we'd, we'd draw the pictures, go to one dot, two, three, four. That's the way I live my life. I connect the dots as I walk in the Spirit. 45 years ago, we started out with a Quonset hut with 10 teenagers, and we, we just connected the dots. I didn't know what to do. We had uh, three worship songs. I said them. I, I led them a cappella. I still remember the songs. We used to have actions to them. It's, when I get to heaven, going to walk with Jesus. When I get to heaven, going to see his face. When I get to heaven, going to talk with Jesus. Saved by his wonderful grace. Because I'm saved, saved, 
wonderful. He saved. Everybody do this. Washed in the blood of the Lamb. Saved, saved, wonderful. He saved. And I'm so glad I am. Hallelujah. We did it every week. Only knew three songs. Only three. True story. True story. I sang a cappella holding a cardboard up for a whole year. Three songs, all we knew. And my wife and I have been married four years. True story. And so we're going to Lancaster one day, and I, I looked at her, and I said, you know, I'm going to go to Bakersfield College and start taking piano lessons. She said, why? Because I, I said, it's embarrassing. Really? With no musical instruments? She said, you're going to take piano lessons? I said, yeah. Wow, I can't believe that. I said, well, I guess I can play if you want me to. I go, you play the piano? <laughs> We've been married four years. You play the piano? You never told me? True story. She was our worship player for the next three years. Unbelievable. Oh, walk in the Spirit. I forgot, Jim. Matthew 4.1. Can you back up a little? Matthew 4.1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And John 5.19. Therefore, Jesus answered with saying to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it's something he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son does also in like manner. Connect the dots. In 1997, I was told by UCLA that I was going to die in four years. I have leukemia. But I went to God. First thing I did is wrote out uh, birthday cards to Tara, Jim's wife, and my son for five years. I said, give them to him every year at Ebby. But then God entered the picture, and I got a whole story on that. It's crazy. But connect the dots. I said, we'll get a bone marrow transplant. And God says, no, 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 no. I started taking chemotherapy, took it for a couple months. God said, no, 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 no. I connected the dots, and here I am today with no sign of leukemia. But I had to connect the dots. See, gang, where you meet me at today is not where I started at. I started right down there, right down there. See, I heard someone say, some people define you by where they met you at on your journey. I didn't stay there. If you want to look at my life and yours, don't look at the snapshot. Look at the photo album. Because I'm changing every year, every year. Because we're almost out of time, let's look at number two real quick. Jesus broke the rules of religious tradition. Look at Luke 6, 22, 23. It says, blessed are you when men hate you and ostracize you and insult you and scorn your name as evil for the sake of the Son of Man. Be glad in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven for in the same way their fathers used to treat the prophets. If you're going to live the way Jesus wants you to live, you're not going to be popular with everybody. Do you understand that? I heard someone say the other day, you got to get this down, 25% of the people you meet, they don't like you, but they could be talked into liking you. Another 25% of the people you meet, they like you, but they could be talked into not liking. Another 25% of the people you meet, they love you and they will love you through thick and thin. And another 25% of the people you meet don't like you and they'll never like you no matter what you do. And I meet those people sometimes and I don't care. It doesn't matter. They're not going to like me anyway. But when I start talking about Jesus the way I talk about Jesus, there's a lot of people who are going to write me off. That's okay. It's not going to change who I am. Number four, I didn't do two. I'm sorry, back up. I got ahead of myself, Jim. Thank you. Number two, uh, Jesus broke the rules of religious tradition. 
We are so non-traditional. We don't have to have hymnals. We play school bingo. We play bingo at our school to provide tuition for kids that are too poor to come. And some religious people have a fit with that. Bingo! You know, that's wrong. Where does it say thou shall not play bingo? Job 2 and 3 or where? Where does it say that? (laughs) We brought the Blue Men group from Vegas on Easter a few Sundays ago. We brought the Beatles uh, from Vegas on Easter. We had President Bush, the guy on Saturday Night Live, come in on Easter with a car and everything on the stage. You can't do that. Why can't I do that? See, I told the people then, I said, why are you so selfish? We want Easter to be about, you know, we want to be about tombs and Roman soldiers and big rocks. Every Sunday's Easter for Christians. Why can't we set aside our agenda for those that, that will come that don't know Jesus on that Sunday? And a lot of people didn't like what we did. We had a big Vegas show on Sunday for about 10 years. Something you charge, they charge $150 for in Vegas. And in the middle, we hit them with a sermon. We, when their guard was down, we hit them with a sermon. We had four or 500 saved every Sunday. See, we just don't feel that. See, at VBF, we're known to just remain a lot, in a lot of ways, like we were before we were born again. I'm not dressing today to be cool for a 60, uh, 48-year-old man. Uh, <laughs> but this is the way I dress. I've dressed this way for, for 65 years. And I'm not going to change. Our church is really distinct in Bakersfield. On Easter about four years ago, I never forget the security was on the, on the walkie-talkies, and they go, alert, security alert. There's a man with a dress suit on following Pastor Ron. Security alert. They weren't used to seeing people with suits on. They thought something was up. We can be who we are. See, we're freed from religious tradition. And Jesus taught that. The Pharisees hated him. And then number three, I already told you, not to be said, number four. Jesus taught us to consider who we hang out with. You know one of the biggest problems of the church world today is that we don't know enough sinners. We need to know a lot more sinners. Those are the people that we're supposed to win to the Lord. Jesus taught us that, you know what? He said it's, it's the sick who need a physician. Why was he called a friend of sinners? I hang out with a guy that I won't give his name because a lot of people would know who he was, probably a little famous, but uh, this guy is really in the world. And uh, like we were hunting two or three times, we'll go hunting and I hang out with him and he'll start cussing and saying stuff. I said, no, no, sh- sh- don't do that. These aren't garbage cans, these are ears. I don't want that trash in there, Okay. But Pastor Ron, you know what I think? I said, you're wrong there. You're wrong, and I'll tell you why. But on the other hand, you're right on that. That's a cool thing. And, and this guy is crazy as the day is long. When we go to a restaurant, I take him out. Will you pray with me? He'll pray with him. See, that's what it's about. That's exactly what it's about. Uh, look at Mark 2, 16, 17. Jesus said it. When the teachers of religious law who were Pharisees saw him meeting with tax collectors and other sinners, they, they gasped and they said, why does he eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I've come not to call those who think they're righteous, but those who know they are sinners. I like hanging out with sinners. I feel more at home at a UFC fight than I do at a pastor's conference. That's true. 
I went to a UFC fight the other day, and everybody there was coming up to me, talking to me. At the pastor's conference, no one talked to me. <laughs> we have a medical doctor, a heart doctor, who's the head of our missions program. And what I love about this guy is he hangs out with guys from the rescue mission, takes them to his beach house all the time. It's really, really cool. Number five, Jesus restructured the family unit, Mark 3, 34, 35. He says, looking about at those who were sitting around him, he said, behold, my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God, he is my brother, sister, and mother. Hmm. See, in the old Pentecostal church, we used to call everybody brother and sister. Hey, brother Ronnie. Hey, sister Debbie. That's kind of cool. You've heard the old saying, you know, you're my brother from another mother. And that's true. See, neighborhood churches, we believe, is what's going in now. Our sanctuary seats 3,400 people. It's mammoth. I don't know if we're not going to sell that thing at some point in time. We think we want neighborhood churches. We just bought another church across town, and it seats about 300, and it's a neighborhood church, and that's our prototype. We have another church at Cal State University, and they run several hundred, and that's our prototype to put neighborhood churches everywhere and not have the big mammoth things anymore. The church is changing right now. The whole church world is changing. And uh, I, I hope this thing gets maybe twice this size, but then you kind of remain there. And you kind of start building a family, family structure. Uh, number six, Jesus taught us, and he shed light on the message we preach. This is something more for pastors, I guess. Look at Matthew 23, 34. It says, so practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example, talking to the Pharisees, for they don't practice what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease these burdens. See, a lot of times I'll come out with a sermon on a mistake I made during the week. See, I don't care as much how you see me. I don't care if you see me as a screw-up because that'll make Jesus even bigger. I'm probably responsible for a lot of guys going into ministry that shouldn't go into ministry. You know why? They hang around with me a lot and they go, if this screw-up can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> but they forget you have to be called. You have to be called. And so... Uh, I refuse to put burdens on people that I can't even carry. It's ridiculous. See, some of these pastors today, they don't like me. Some of them don't because they say he, he's humorous and he's funny. Hey, they come up in the pulpit, they're real serious. They were going to talk about this, you know, and they, they talk about all the serious stuff. What they don't understand, without grace, none of us are making it out of this life anyway. We might as well laugh at ourselves. It's only by grace the best of us are going to make it. So don't be so serious. See, I'm not going to tell you, you can only listen to Christian music. You know, I can't even carry that burden. I love the 60s. <laughs> baby, baby, can't you hear my heartbeat? Herman's Hermits is my favorite. <laughs> I love the Herman's Hermits. And I'm not going to preach. You have to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and do your prayers. I tried that. I thought, you know, be holy, get at 4 o'clock in the morning and, and do your prayers. Me and a buddy, we were, gonna, we were committed. We are going to 4 o'clock in the morning. And he got down on the chair, you know, would go to the church. And I, I swear to this day, he says not, but he was asleep three-quarters of that time. <laughs> he was not praying. 
I know he wasn't. Uh, you never argue with your spouse. Godly people never argue with your spouse. And ask my wife about it, you know. She said, I never listened to her. At least I think that's what she said. <laughs> Last, I don't have a PowerPoint for it, but I'm going to tell you. Stop trying to fit in when God's called you to stand out. Quit trying to fit in. Why? What are we so, what are we so concerned about? When I'm on an airplane, I love it. I sit down, and I can't wait after we get in the flight to open up my Bible. And I see people doing this. They're going, they think you're weird because you're reading the Bible. Do you understand? Do you understand that life is changing quickly? For us, my age, boy, it's unbelievable. I mean, they used to close down shops on Sunday because it was a holy day. I mean, everything's changed. Back then, the normals, not normal today, back then, women wore pedal pushers. You know what those are? Beachcombers, you know what those are? I had three pairs of thongs. Do you know what those are? Young people are going, oh, my gosh. No, they were flip-flops. Gosh, your mind's in the gutter. We used to sleep at night with screen doors, and we wouldn't lock our doors. Unbelievable how it's changing. In this world right now, I'm telling you, they'll persecute Christians. I think somewhere along the line, I talked to a guy today, say he was a hell's angel, and he got out, but I can't talk about it because they'll kill me, you know, whatever, whatever. And I spoke with some hell's angels about this a long time ago. And they said, you know, and it's the same with prisoners and gangs and stuff. They say, we respect legitimate Christians. We don't respect those that fly the flag and they talk the talk but don't walk the walk. But we respect the real deal. And we're supposed to be different. We're supposed to walk by faith, walk by faith, walk the way Jesus walked. I'm going to end with a video that I think is just too cool. I saw this video the other day, and it's funny, but it's going to show you a guy that's out of normal with the people around him. Take a look, and then we'll close. A picture is worth a thousand words. Today, in so many areas, the church is trying to fit in with the world, and that's about how stupid we look. Quit trying to fit in with them. Be who God's called us to be, a light in the darkness. And stop being ashamed of being different. I taught the people this year on Thanksgiving. I said, you be a light in darkness. 
And when your unsaved friends come together, you guys all be fighting about who's going to say the grace. You say, I want to say it, I want to say it, I want to say it. And I believe in simplicity and power. You've got unsaved Aunt Mary and Uncle Peter there, and you sit down for Thanksgiving dinner and say, can I say the grace? Father God, we thank you for this food we have today. And, and Aunt Mary and Uncle Peter, Lord, I know they're going through some tough times. And God, in some manner, just show them how much you love them. Amen. Let's eat. Do you know what you just did? Pretty powerful. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. So easy to serve God. Let's pray. Father God, I came with a very simple message today. And Lord, I pray that one of those points will strike home and settle in our hearts. And Lord, we'll leave here today going, you know what? I didn't, didn't pay attention to the whole sermon, but that one point hit me between the eyes. Oh God, I've heard you today, and I'm going to be a better Christian because of it. You never know in a crowd like this, but keep praying. Just, just kind of praying whatever you feel led to pray. But if you're here today, and you've never been born again, you've never had the courage to be weak. What is being born again? It's ask the Holy Spirit to come and live in your body. And then slowly but surely you start giving him control in every facet of life. The Apostle Paul said, it's no longer I who live, but it's Jesus who lives through me. If you've never done that, you've never. Maybe you've always been a good person, but you've never really been born again. Would you do me a favor? No one's looking around. Just raise your hand up and say, Pastor, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I want Jesus. I'm tired of living the way I'm living. Just raise your hand up very boldly, unashamedly. Anybody in the house? Anybody? Raise it up. Let's see it so I can pray for you. As far as I know, you might all be born again. Father God, go with us today. Give us a great day. We thank you for it. And, and let us be on our toes because the Bible says that all kinds of stuff's going to be going on around us. Let us be on our toes. When the waitress comes for our meal today, let us know that we can invite her to church and she might accept the invitation. Lord, wherever we go, as Pastor Jim taught a while back, let us be a thermostat and not a thermometer. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you for tuning in today to another message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? You can connect with us on YouTube, iTunes Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and even on Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms and click either the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. And until next time, we pray you'll keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love. God bless you.